Welcome. I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. Here I share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll find details about the episodes, plus important links, including the link to the Dogged Planner and Workbook created just for handlers on a mission. So if you're ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. All right, this week we're going to talk about using your walkthroughs more effectively. And before you think this is just for the agility people, it is most definitely not. Because even if you are in obedience where you don't actually get to walk your healing pattern, oftentimes the judge will show it to you or tell you about it or something, or you'll get to watch maybe someone else do it. Or um, even if you're in novice A, you get to watch the novice B people do it or something like that. Rally, of course, has a run through. Agility has a walkthrough rather. Agility has a walkthrough. Draft, uh, carding as I do, that that has a walkthrough. And um, there's a lot of other sports that I'm sure that you guys all play that you have kind of a walkthrough. Maybe not so much barn hunt, but you know if you volunteer, you get to walk in the ring a little bit. So there's a there's a uh, a plug for volunteering there. Um, but I want to talk about the walkthroughs again. Go ahead and generalize, insert your sport as needed. Um, I am going to use agility and rally more so um, throughout this just because it is an actual course that we're walking. Um, and I could use draft, but not enough of you do that. So that's not going to be very helpful. Um, all right. So generally speaking, a walkthrough is the chance to get to know where you're going, right? Get to know the course, get to think about what handling choices you're going to be making and, um, you know, where your dog's going to be, where you're going to be, all the things, right? And I really think that when I watch people walk through and I talk to clients, coaching clients, and actually just fellow competitors about walkthroughs, it's amazing to me how differently everybody treats it. And on one hand, that's fantastic because everybody needs to get out of the walkthrough what they need to get out of it, right? For some people, um, who aren't really good at memorization or learning the course, or they're just, their brains don't work that way. You know, the walkthrough is a massive part of being able to just know where you're going. And that's the real goal. Like some people are just like, look, I just need to know the course, right? It is very difficult for me spatially, or, you know, my brain doesn't work that way. It's just really hard for me to remember certain courses. That's my goal. For other people, it's more about like the handling choices and seeing where everything is laid out and what you would do differently or what you need to do specifically for your dog. You know, other people, they can't translate the paper or, you know, now of course they send it out an email, the electronic file of, you know, what the course, how the course is written to how the course will walk. And so they really need to see it sort of, you know, in person, well, not sort of, they need to see it in person and they need to be able to walk it. And, you know, judges tweak things, you know, at the last minute, um, you know, they'll tweak things in rally, they'll, everything, they'll tweak things 
so it's not exactly how it was on paper anyway. So walking it is where you get to really be familiar with the course. And all of that is great. But what I want you to really do is start to expand what you get out of a walkthrough. And um, it's going to be different in every sport because in a lot of ways, I've my walkthroughs in, for instance, rally and draft are much better because I of my walkthroughs in agility, right? And I even start to apply that same mindset to obedience and to, you know, yeah, even barn hunt and how those courses are laid out because it makes you start to look at the course more strategically. And on one hand, I'm not trying to overcrowd your brain with a whole bunch of new information, and on the other hand, I am because I just think that there's so much rich, richness that we're perhaps not getting out of the course. But the primary thing that you have to do before you ever even, you know, hear the buzzer go off or the whistle blow or whatever and get to get walk into the ring is you need to be understanding what your goals are for that run. And yes, it's a process goal. Hopefully, you know, maybe you have some outcome goals, but hopefully you've got those process goals and you need to be understanding what you're working on. And most likely you've peaked at the course ahead of time on paper or it was emailed to you or what have you. And so you kind of know a little bit what's coming or where you might want to focus. And that's ideal, right? Because to just go into the ring and kind of be willy nilly about it, um, you know, you're going to have to, you know, do some laps before you really start to hone in on what it is that you want to get out of that run. A lot of people, when they walk an agility course, first they'll walk the dog's path, or first sometimes some people will just learn the course and they've seen it on paper, but they really need to see it in real life. And they'll even walk the dog's path. They'll step over the bars. Uh, they'll, they'll walk where they're going to go. All right. And then they do another run and then they start to think of like what their handling choices will be and things like that. Other sports do it a little differently. In rally, you are you and your dog are the dog's path, so you're more likely doing that together. And uh, in draft, it's sort of the same. And in obedience, looking at that path, you're together. You know when you do that, all right. But again, in all of those cases, I want to really expand your awareness to also include looking around the ring and looking at, you know, different things that might be going on and understanding like, okay, what else do I need to be aware of? Is there anything else I need to be aware of that's going on? Or is it pretty straightforward? And my dog will also believe that it's straightforward and I can just, you know, focus on the course. That's great. So don't walk into the ring basically without a plan of like what you want to get out of it and what your process goals are because it will absolutely change how you walk the course. If you, for instance, are working really hard on your contacts, then you might handle a contact differently than I would because I'm working on my weaves. Or, you know, I might really babysit the entrance to the weaves because I want to give my dog the best chance at getting in and not make it any harder than it needs to be. I'm actually trying to make it easier for them to weave in a stressful, i.e. trial situation. Um, If you are doing obedience at an open or higher level and you need to, you know, throw a dumbbell, you know, how's it going to bounce on that surface? How, you know, where are you going to really want it to land? Where are you going to be? Really thinking about more strategically where you are going to be when you are in that ring. All right. And I really see that people don't 
do that enough. Again, it's something I've taken from agility and applied to other sports. You know, rally, same kind of thing. Like, where are you going to be in relation to the sign? Is your dog going to have enough room? It's obviously (laughs) running bigger dogs. It's something I think about a lot. You know, do I need to stop earlier? Do I need to be a little bit more away from the sign? You know, how am I going to give them, how am I going to return to my dog and walk behind them if I put their butt right up against the ring gating? Um, You know, what's the ring going to feel like when I go? Am I early? Am I late? You know, all of these things. And really use the run through, not just to walk through the motions of a course, again, in any of those situations, but to really start to understand what your process goals are and how you are bringing those to fruition. Because a lot of times what happens is people will have very clear process goals because if they've listened to me for five minutes, you know, they've, they know the soapbox very well. And they'll say, yes, my process goals are to stay connected or my process goals are, you know, to, you know, pick them up after the tunnel or something like that. And I'm like, great, you know, for your connection, where are you going to do that? And they just stare because they're like, uh, everywhere, (laughs) I'm going to do that everywhere. Okay. But like where on the course can you like really implement that? Like, you know, in a standard course, you know, um, are you going to talk to your dog on the table? Are you, you know, going to take that, that moment of pause and really use it to your advantage to maybe say some like words of affirmation or something to your dog? Um, you know, before they go on the dog walk, are you going to give any, do you need to give any deceleration cues or is it all just go, go, go? You know, where are you going to implement your process goals? Where are you going to remind yourself of those areas of focus? And I think that when we walk the course, there are more things that we can layer in. And even if we're doing that, okay, the first walk through, I'm going to just know where I'm going. The second walk through, I'm going to really think about, you know, where I want to change sides or where, I'm, you know, my, my, my tricky parts, things that might need more attention. But also, where am I going to start to implement my process goals? Where am I going to really work on picking them up out of the tunnels. Okay. There's two tunnels. I need to really think about that. Um, I need to really think about my eye contact, you know, on the teeter or something like that. Right. Um, for me, I need to with trip, I really need to look down a lot more like really down. You know, they say, look at the line. I, I need to like tilt my head and look at the ground with that dog in a way that I've never done before. And so I use standard so that at the end of every contact where they're going down, that I use that as my handling reminder to look down, right? So it's going to happen three times. I'm going to be reminded to look down four if I count the table maybe, right? Um, But that's not so much a downslope as it is a yeehaw. Um, So those are places where we can, when we think about the course, think about places that you want to insert your handling reminders, whether it's a handling reminder to get a contact behavior and you know it's position-based and you have to be in a certain spot, or it's a connection or it's, you know, cueing early enough, like where can you make sure that you cue that blind cross really early for your dog? Um, In the case of rally, same thing. Where are you making sure that you're picking up pace, making up for time, 
or you are really making sure to make eye contact or, you know, not to make eye contact because it might be too much pressure for them or make sure you get their attention in the corner because it's a very busy corner outside of the ring. So there's all of these other things that I, when I talk to people after they've walked the course and I ask them, okay, what's their plan? It's all about like the things they think I want to hear or the things maybe their instructor wants to hear, not me. Um, things like, okay, well, I'm going to blind after here or I'm going to put a front cross here. I need to you know, pay attention here. But they're not telling me the full story. And so I think that when we start to layer in more of the details, it can make our walkthroughs much richer. But in order to do that, we have to start with understanding what our process goals are. So when you walk in the ring to do that walkthrough, you should already know what your process goals are. You should have already, you know, hopefully looked around the ring and seen where you might have to give some extra attention because of outside factors. Or, you know, you need to understand already, well, you know, whenever the weaves are against the score table, I have to help my dog get in them, you know, more because it's just so distracting at that end of the ring. So you should already know those things before you walk in the ring and be layering those things in, okay, to your plan. And so along with this, I want to talk about a phrase I've been using a lot with uh, my coaching clients, which is handling reminders, All right, so we're gonna talk about that in one second. Okay, I have a quick question for you. Have you ever thought about coaching? Because one-on-one coaching lets us dive into your specific challenges and create tailored solutions. Because at the end of the day, no one has your exact challenges, and we all know that everyone has different goals. So through coaching, you'll get that breakthrough faster, basically. And I know it's true because I see it in my clients week after week. So if you're ready to take your mental game to the next level, let's chat. Okay, back to the show. Okay, so related to all of this is this phrase that I've been using, like I said, called just, it's handling reminders. I mean, it's just two common words. It's not special. Um, But the way that I've been using it is so often, handlers are very worried or triggered by or um, freaked out by or, you know, get a little extra nervous when they see a certain obstacle or sequence or something set up in the ring, okay? So um, a dog walk into a tunnel, right? Or for me, it'd be a single jump coming out of a tunnel, right? Because my dogs tend to go in and come out of tunnels very low and flat, all right? So I really want to think about that, right? Well, for some people, if you think about like, oh my God, when my, when it is dog walk tunnel on the way home, my dog, and those are the last obstacles, my dog flies off that dog walk. Oh my God, I've got no chance. You know, we're not going to get the contact. Oh my God. So all of a sudden this particular setup, right? This, this situational setup of the course starts to trigger this like kind of avalanche of memories, all right? And I'm saying trigger, small t, as you've heard me say before, but in that what it's bringing up is this past, you know, kind of a flood or a smack (laughs) really is what it feels like of past experiences where something went wrong, your dog didn't do it right. And, um, you know, and then, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, right? And so you're starting to panic, Okay, so 
Instead, when you see these things sort of set up, ideally, if you can do it even before the walkthrough, you know, before you're in there, you can start to think about, okay, let's not panic <laughs> just yet. We've been training this. I know that it's a, it's a thing to have, you know, dog walk tunnel on the way home. It's, it's just very inviting and fun for a lot of dogs. Like, what am I going to do about it? What is my plan? How am I going to uh, handle this? So what we want to do is turn something in from being a trigger that makes you trigger and makes you nervous and makes you worried and freak out and makes all this flood of past emotions and past events come flooding back in. And we want to transform that into a handling reminder, okay, so that you know, we talked last week about building associations, right? So that now when you see this setup, you don't think, oh my God, the end is near. <laughs> you actually think like, ah, I know what I need to do here. That means I have to, you know, meet my dog at the end, or I have to give my dog a cue when they get on the dog walk, for instance. You know, maybe I'm going to use a deceleration cue um, in this moment, just because I want to get my dog's attention and I want to make sure that they are really thinking about hitting the contact at the end or something, right? I don't know your dog. I'm making stuff up, obviously. Um, but what we're just doing is we're turning something that was a, oh my God, I hate it. I hate it when that is the setup right? Which I've heard a million times for people, right? I've heard everybody like, oh, I hate it when it's, you know, one, two, jump, weave. And then other people are like, I love it when it's jump, weaves. Or I hate it when the weaves are at the end. I love it when the weaves are. I mean, everybody has a thing, okay? But instead of it being this fixed mindset, pre-opinion that you've already essentially decided how it's going to go, what if you use that as a handling reminder, to make sure that you're giving extra focus or the needed focus for that sequence. Even better if you make a few notes and you take that to class with you and you use it for deliberate training and you say like, hey, instructor, or hello, backyard. <laughs> like, this is what I want to make sure I set up because you know what? I knew it was a thing, but I forgot to work on it, right? no judgment. You just, you know, there's a lot to work on in the world. And so maybe that's a sequence that you needed to focus on. And if I've got your mind running now, good. Um, think about those sequences that are a little bit tough for you and maybe save that course on your phone or something like that so that you can set up, you know, parts of that sequence or have your instructor set it up or something like that so that you can apply deliberate training to that and, and work on that and have a better sense of what you would do if faced with that sequence again. You know, rally the same thing. You know, there's, there's signs and things I, you know, I'm competing on all the levels now and, um, and there's a, an exercise. I think it's even in like intermediate or an advanced, like, I don't think it's in, uh, it's at an upper level and, you know, Moxie messes it up almost every time. It's when your dog sits next to you and then you, um, call them to front and every time she wants to go around me every time course she doesn't do it in practice as much but it's now instead of being a oh my god I hate it when that sign's in there oh my god no now it's just a handling reminder because I played with it enough at home to figure out like what about her understanding of this sign is different than my understanding of this sign right because it's all it is is we teach them 
and then they show us what they've learned. Okay. So in this case, she gets all worried about it and keeps going and around and around, which, you know, isn't super fun. Sometimes we do a circle and then we do a front. It's not great. Um, but now it's a handling reminder, right? Now it's a handling reminder that I even have to use different words for her. Um, and so I've made using last week, I've made a new association, but more so when I go to walk the course, I had to make sure I've given myself enough room. The other thing with her I had to learn was that because of she's such a great shaping dog, um, if I'm doing that move and there's a cone anywhere near us, she's going to go try to hit that cone with her back foot. (laughs) And uh, I learned that the hard way uh, the first time it happened. And now it's just a handling reminder that like, okay, I don't want to set her up there. I want to set her up away from the cone, da, 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 da. So in these ways, we're starting to use our walkthroughs more um, strategically and also with more, with there are handling reminders like front and center. Instead of coming out of the ring and be like, yeah, I forgot that's often a problem or I knew she wasn't going to get that because that's always a problem right? Even in the draft or carding ring, I do that too, because um, my most recently I was um, uh, trialing or testing, we call it, with um, my brace team where the two dogs are hooked up to the cart next to each other. And I lost my right turn. I just lost it in practice. I was like, I don't even, these dogs don't even know how to turn right anymore. And um, so I had to work on it. And so when we went to the course, I had to think about it. I'm like, okay, Think about it. Think about your right turn. This is a handling reminder. Um, What are you going to do? How are you going to set up your dogs for success in this right turn? What are you going to do differently? So it doesn't become a thing of panic. It becomes a handling reminder. But I know that before I walk into the ring for my walkthrough. All right. Because it's part of my process goals. It is part of like this reminder that like, okay, this element is in this course I know how to handle this, or I'm going to remind myself to handle it this way. I'm going to remind myself to be at the end of the contact and manage that contact so that they don't like fly for home before I'm ready. All right. Making sense. Okay. So, um, the last thing I'm going to say is I'm going to I'm going to make another plug for music here, Um, uh, music in your walkthrough. And I know that music is not everybody's thing, um, but one of the, I like music, as you know, by now, uh, for a lot of reasons or listening to something on your headphones for a lot of reasons. I love, um, in case this is the first time you're hearing this, I love getting a song into my head that becomes my earworm for the day or the weekend or the season. And I will listen to the same song over and over again. That's not for everybody. You don't have to do what I do. Um, But the reason I do that is I want to be able to have it really handy. You know, like when you listen to a song over and over, it gets stuck in your head. I want something to get stuck in my head. Actually, it's kind of what I'm going for. And so I choose like an appropriate song that's like kind of good to walk to or run to. It's got a good beat. It's uplifting, right? Nothing depressing. (laughs) I don't want to walk to anything depressing. Um, And, you know, even for sometimes I might pick a really fun song to like kind of lighten me up, or I might pick a more serious song if I'm having trouble with my focus. You know, it can really affect our moods and our ability to concentrate. And of course, um, you know, music and certain notes have been studied to have certain effects on our brain, things like that. So um, 
choose well if you're going to choose your music and, you know, make a playlist. I have a playlist and um, because I might choose from different things or some song might hit me, you know, a certain way that day, what, what have you. All right. But one of the reasons I really like to listen to music and one of the reasons that candidly I'll put my headphones in, even if my battery is dead or my phone's dead, is I don't want to listen to what all the other handlers are saying. Now, I've talked to some clients, they love listening to what other handlers are saying. They, they get ideas from that and they, they like to consider those things. Um, for me, I don't want to hear what other people are worried about, right? Because so often they'll be like, oh, can you believe this, you know, approach? Or can you believe we only have this much, you know, space or um, in rally? Like, oh, I think this is how you do this sign. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to have anybody else's thoughts running through my head. My head is full enough. Thank you. Um, I just want my own thoughts and my own plan, you know, front and center. So that is one of the reasons um, that I really like music. Like I said, it is a complete mood changer. So um, think, think about that. And it gets you to think just in your own world instead of consider, you know, a lot of other possibilities. So again, consider, that's my little plug for listening to music. I know not a lot of people do it, um, for whatever reason, but I really do think that it, um, helps concentration. And I know for me, it helps me start to block out everything else and just sort of like get more focused as the day, as I get closer to my run. Uh, and it is, it is very much trial dependent when uh, always for agility, sometimes for rally, hardly ever do I do it for draft because it's a very different setup. Um, but uh, I will listen to music in the morning, right? To get, you know, so that's how I will use that. So that's my plug for that. Enough about that. Um, so think about your walkthroughs this weekend and think about how can you get more out of your walkthroughs. And the final thing is, is when you do that with your walkthrough and you add those other elements in, then when you go to visualize the course following your walkthrough, you have more information, right? You're not just visualizing the order of the obstacles and when you will put in your side changes, for instance, for agility. You are actually really starting to visualize what you're going to be doing, where your dog is relative to you, how that will all feel, how connected you will feel. And I would strongly suggest visualizing your, you know, pre-run routine, right? Those, those rituals and like what it's going to be like those last few dogs, especially if you are honing in on that pre-run routine and you're still sort of working on solidifying it, right? Visualize that too. So I think that really helps. I really would like to, you know, urge you to like level up your walkthrough game, I guess I would say, and think about how you can make that time that you have a lot more valuable in terms of getting you ready and prepped, not only in what you're going to do in the ring, but your mental game and how you can be more mentally like ready <laughs> to walk into that ring and perform the way that you know you can, right? How do you start to get into the zone? How do you start to employ all of these mental tips that we talk about week after week? How does that come to fruition for you? And how do you incorporate them, you know, in that walkthrough? And how do you start getting, you know, don't come, I guess the opposite is compartmentalizing, right? Don't make everything all these little choppy little pieces that you have to string together. Start to do that in your walkthrough. Start to use that 
time, that pregame time more effectively. Okay. So try that this weekend. See, really start to think about how you're using your walkthroughs. Are you just, you know, walking around and be like, yeah, 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 I got it. I got it. I, I know the course. Or is there, you know, some deeper things that you're getting out of it and see what you can add. All right. So please try it. Let me know how it goes. And as always, I hope you have a fantastic week with your dogs. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. Check out my Dogged Planner workbook and journal available on Amazon. Just search for Dogged Planner. I also offer monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out all the ways you can work on your mindset. And be sure to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. Finally, please share, subscribe, and leave a review. This helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.